Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hope you're having a good Tuesday, March 7, to be exact, 2023. Football on the brain all the time around here. Football never dies, Longhorn fans. Spring practice is underway. We're going to continue to dig into some of Sark's comments from yesterday. Getting spring practice started. Spring game is only 39 days away. Got plenty of basketball to get into, and it is a big day in the NFL franchise tag day we'll try to explain all of that we'll also try to get you the latest on this Ja Morant story in the NBA it is Chad and Zay on a Tuesday I'm Chad Hastings joined once again by Isaiah Collier what's up Zay Chad what's popping feeling good feeling great feeling great feeling good how are you oh wow both at the same time yeah good and great yeah it's a song okay oh I see okay I don't know who sings it but it's catchy George Carlin used to say he's never felt fine and dandy at the same time. People would say, how you doing? Fine and dandy. I've never been both of those things yeah. at the same time. Yeah, it can go over your head. But good and great? Yeah. Yeah. Which, who, who are we referencing there? I don't know. Oh, you don't even know? I really don't know. You just referenced a song and you don't know who it is. Yeah, that's a shame, ain't it? That's very non-musical snob of you. <laughs> you need to be able to make the reference, tell me what year the song came out. That's what we musical snobs do, Zay. We know way too much about music. That's true. Way too much. But not all of us could be on the level of Chad Hastings Ooh, for the music snobbery. I, I you know don't what I'm know. You, trust me. Sometimes you don't want to be on my level of, of anything, but especially music snobbery because there's there's too much in there sometimes. Uh, we'll definitely get to some music snobbery at some point. Outcast said it. There you go. I knew it came from somebody. Come on. Big Boy Andre 3000. It makes sense not, now. There you go. That that ends up making you even more of a music snob because <laughs> once we got there, it was this monstrous act. It wasn't like some rando, you know, one hit wonder. Oh yeah, that's right, Outcast. That's who it was. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. It was Andre and Big Boy. Yeah. How could I have been so dumb? All right. Uh, lots of good stuff coming today. In fact, we probably also. Should work in plenty of cereal discussion today because it is National Cereal Day. Yes, sir. So we will definitely be talking about some of that, Zay. I want to hear from people on their Mount Rushmore of cereals. Four cereals for the rest of your life. What are they? I got three locked in, and I got a space up for grabs in my cereal Mount Rushmore today, because I want to hear from you on the Specs text line today. 337-3776. I am a 48-year-old man that can no longer eat bowls of cereal whenever I want to. Yeah, it's depressing. So I have to think about it now. I have to remember how great it was. Is that what, because you have a 
lactose issue? I don't really have much of a lactose issue. It just the you know the milk and the cereal tend to yeah. go tend to go to all those places, and then all my places get bigger. See, <laughs> I feel that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I could care less about my waist my waistband. But anyway, for cereal with me. I'm starting to develop a lactose issue. Really? Yeah, it's depressing because okay. I love my 2%, but now that I'm in my 30s, I have to go straight almond milk. Ooh. See, yeah, I, isn't that rough? Now, I have, I, I've had almond milk by itself. I've never done almond milk on cereal. I haven't made that step yet. That feels like a step too far. It's pretty far. <laughs> that feels like a long You're way. You're doing a lot of adjusting. Oh, my God. All right, so if you want to talk some cereal, we can certainly do that today uh, on National Cereal Day. But we will also talk some Texas football, spring practice underway. Zay, we're 39 days away from the spring game, and I think it is definitely worth a revisit uh, to yesterday, to some of Sark's comments. Yesterday during the show, we talked about it a few times, this Xavier Worthy not revelation, that's not the way to say it, the Xavier-worthy announcement that Sark made. So I went back and listened to him, to the context of it, on TexasSports.com. Shout out to the folks over there for getting it, getting it posted. He gets to the end of an injury report. He was talking about everything from Jonathan Brooks. He mentioned Catalan, Gallette, Hudson, Malik Murphy, which you commented on yesterday. That foot maybe still bothering Malik Murphy a little bit. Keelan Robinson still dealing with a little bit of something. Isaiah Nayor coming off of you know his injury and was reporting on that. And at the very end, he's he can see the door at the end of his introductory statement. He's 20 seconds away from just, okay, and there we go. And with that, I'll take your questions. That's all he had to do. But he didn't. And you can watch his eyes, his mouth, and his brain all having this weird exchange of, are we really doing this? Is this about to happen? What's happening? Is it going? Yeah, we're going. Are you sure? Okay. And then he says that Xavier Worthy had a broken hand uh, during last year. And I heard someone, I heard the guys on the afternoon show were breaking it down, and they took the word essentially. They thought he was saying he essentially had a broken hand last season. But I think if you listen carefully, he said he had a broken hand essentially for the second half of the year. So he was discussing the time frame, I think, there. And he said he was in a cast for about eight weeks and gave that information on his own, and then he went on. Uh, and if you go back and watch the video now, you'll see one question and answer, but then they edited the other stuff out, which, by the way, bravo to the SID staff over there at Texas. I'd have done the same thing. I'd have, I wouldn't have put the video up, in fact. Damn. But you know me, I wouldn't have even had the... I wouldn't have even had the media availability. I'd, I'd, give the media, I'd give the media... This is ironic, considering what I do for a living. I would give them as little as I could. As little as I could, especially if he's going to be saying. Oh, yeah. If I was a coach, the media would hate me. Yeah, especially if he's going to be saying stuff like that. So then, they- say, how was Arch Manning? He was good today. He was good. Yep. How was Quinn? He was good too. <laughs> you would go. Uh, who was it with the Pistons? Was it Rasheed Wallace that did that? The one of the one of the inventors of that. I think it was Rasheed, where it was you just got to play well. You just yeah. got to play well. 
Just, oh, Rasheed knew. He repeated the same thing 15 times, I think. Yo, as much money as he lost to the NBA, he said, yo, I'm not going to say anything that gets me fined or gets the refs mad at me. So, yeah, I get Rasheed Wallace way of going about it. Oh, my God. And, of course, it was uh, Marshawn Lynch with the I'm here so I won't get fined. <laughs> that was brilliant, too. That yeah. was very, very good. Uh, so, he, you know, he makes the comment, got asked a, a question or two, and now we'll see if the media is going to revisit this. Uh, you know, at a later time, it was a, a just a bizarre, uh, you know, bizarre story. And now watching it, Zay, and seeing him defending, you know, Xavier Worthy for a little bit of it, I do think he looked at it as I'm trying to defend my guy, trying to show the toughness of Xavier Worthy. He wanted to make sure we knew that Xavier is a big time leader on this team. For sure. That, that he leads by example. He's not only a vocal leader, but he leads by example. Never wants to miss a practice. Never wants to miss anything. And to me, all they had to say was after the bowl game, he had surgery and then move on. Yeah. But it ends up being this kind of weird thing where now we're, you know, we're thinking you're, you're like digging back through the season and, you know, how much were you really targeting a guy who, uh, you know, who had a broken hand? And we went through some of those details yesterday, but um, it, it was odd. It was odd. Now that I've seen it, a media member did not drag him into that, he was not tricked into that. He did that on his own at the end of the of the statement. It was it was truly strange. Yeah, it was all about protecting his wide receiver who just got killed on social media and then some all media last season from transfer portal rumors with him, which nobody liked that, to the lack of production that we saw with him. From his freshman year, where he had one of the best freshman seasons that we've seen from a wide receiver come to the 40 acres. So just that drastic change, and plus all the hype that Quinn Ewers was supposed to bring. You know that they're roommates and stuff, so you wonder what's the problem. And at the end of the day, it just came down to Steve Sarkeesian's play calling. If Xavier Wordy, if he's going to be hurt like you say he is, then it just doesn't make any sense to go at him the way that they did. Yeah, I know you don't want to say anything for the other team's sake, like give them bulletin board material, like, oh, this guy's hurt. Maybe if we get him in a pile or something, we tug at that hand a little bit. I get not saying it during the season, for sure. But to say it now the way he did, I, I get you're trying to protect him. I, I, I get that. But he, he could have just said, like you like you said, Chad, yeah, he had surgery at the end of the year. He was banged up a little bit all season, just like a lot of guys were. Yeah. I, I guess mean, it's college football. A lot of guys were banged up, so was Zay Worthy. Bam. That's it. Because now we got something to talk about. And Texas knows that we have something to talk about because they wouldn't have edited that. Right. No, they just They did. wouldn't have took that little part out because Sark knew he shouldn't have said that. Yeah, that quote that we talked about yesterday where someone quoted him as saying he was our best option, that's not in the video now. Uh, and I wouldn't have had it in there either because that's not a good that, – that really isn't good. Like we talked about yesterday, if I'm in that wide receiver room and I was in that wide receiver room last year, what message did you just send me? What are you telling me there? That's that's completely bizarre. Um, so yeah, Xavier Wordy, I love him, but he ain't no Randy Moss unless they have Randy Moss on campus and everybody understands and sees it. Like you remember back uh, uh, with Coach mm-hmm. Day at Ohio State and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave said, "Yo, Jackson Smith and Jibba, he better than both of us." Yeah. But those guys got drafted in the first round, so I, they felt comfortable saying that. 
I don't see any Chris Olave's and Garrett Wilson's over there to be saying those types of things. Yeah, I agree. So I, it's it's very odd that Steve Sarkeesian went out and just said he was our best option last year with a broken hand, and you have so many other talented players. It's not like you don't have talent over there. Jordan Winnington, J.T. Sanders, like those are some talented guys that you yeah. got. Bijan Robinson, right. The other two running backs like, that you can throw the ball to if you want. Now, I know he was talking about his receiver core, right. but though when you got B. John Robinson on, the, on your team, don't ever say anything like uh, he was our best option. Well, and the other thing is, to me, the, the best way to protect your players ultimately, rule number one, do not reference an injury from the past if the player didn't play great. If the player played great, then it becomes an Iron Man discussion. Well, that's awesome. You know he played all last year with a knee. What? He ran for 1,000 yards and he had a knee? Yeah. Yeah. He's a badass. When B.J. Simmons at Texas Tech played that incredible game against Texas in, what was that, 3 and after the game, and Tech won, and we found out he had an ACL after the game? Tough. That's amazing. This one didn't really require that. They just needed to move on and then say it, it could have, again, just as simple as, by the way, he was in a cast for eight weeks. He had surgery after the bowl game. There was something that had been bothering him with the hand. We decided to get it taken care of, and he's looking great. Yeah. Boom. You don't even have to be that detailed. No. You just re- come after after the Alamo Bowl. Uh, you, you know what people are saying about Xavier Worry. Those drops were brutal against Washington at the Alamo Dome. Brutal. Yeah. So you immediately come in, like, the next time, maybe not right after the game because you're still processing everything that happened, and you might not have time to think about those exact plays, even though there were two pretty big drops in the second half. You could still come back a little bit later and say, hey, I've seen what everybody's been saying about Zay Wordy. That's BS. Right. He's been hurt all season long. He's been fighting through it. A lot of that's been on me. We just didn't call the right plays for him. From Quinn to everybody on the staff, we all could have been better. Eight and five ain't good enough. Right. Yeah, that to me would have still gotten you the questions of why were you targeting him. That would still get you that. Um, I might have tried to make it sound more like the night of the bowl game only. Right. Because if he knew before, if you knew six games before that, really? Did you know? Like, At what point did you know, hey, my best receiver that I love to target all the time, has a broken hand. When did you know that? Yo, Quinn Ewers went 19 for 49 against Oklahoma State. Probably 30 of those incompletions, Chad, 15 of them were Xavier Worthy. Right, and was it going on then? We don't know. So I don't know where this story goes from here. I don't really know if the media is going to feel the need to go back over this with Sark and to literally do the, it's almost like the Richard Nixon question, what did you know and when did you know it? Are they really going to want to go back over all that or will they just move forward that is the first kind of big thing of this of this spring practice for texas which again is now underway and we're headed towards the spring game uh, a couple other things Zay, that i thought were important just to kind of throw out and mention to you and to all longhorn fans i just want to make sure you are prepared and stretched out properly and you've got your fluids ready for a quarterback controversy possibility because he says it's open all positions are open he says he's not trying to keep Arch Manning back, and we've heard nothing but Arch Manning plans to redshirt, but it sounds like this may be a quarterback competition. At least that's what he's saying. Are you comfortable with the idea of a quarterback competition this year? I am not. 
Now, do I need the best player to play? Yes. But I we don't need that dark-ass cloud that everybody, national media, hell, this might, this is going to go all the way to Asia. Whoever covers college football over there, <laughs> they're going to be talking about the quarterback controversy just because the name on the back of that big-time freshman that just came in from New Orleans. Right. So I, I've said on these airwaves months ago, I don't want this. This is not good. And again, I do want the best player out there. If Arch Manning just straight up takes his spot, cool. We know the locker room, they pick the starting quarterback basically anyway. They know before we all do, even sometimes the coaches. So if they're battling like that, then I, fine, but we know how dark it could get. With all this the distractions that could come about it, we know Quinn Ewers, and still he has a lot to prove. After that Alabama game, after the Oklahoma game, he said it himself, he got a little over his skis. He got a little arrogant, a little cocky because he thought, oh, man, this is easy. This is just like South Lake Carroll when I was dominating Texas football. Nah, bro, it ain't. You mm-hmm. still got to prepare. You right. still are a freshman. There's still more tape on you now where these coaches could go in and break down your film and find ways to get after you like they did that second half of the year. Again, what's a lot of that due to some of Steve Sarkeesian's bad play calling? Yeah. So B. John Robinson got that rock a lot more? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you don't have those B. John Robinson security blankets to go to anymore. It's going to be a lot on Quinn and a lot on Sark. And I want Quinn Ewers to have as free mind as possible. But if that dude from New Orleans comes in and just wows everybody, including the roster and the receivers where Quinn Ewers, you know, something happens, God forbid, an injury or something, then who knows? But I do not like the controversy at all. Yeah, and I I don't know that I would either if I was a Texas fan. I'm just making sure if you're a Texas fan out there, are you ready? Are you ready for – spring game, which one of them is with the 1-0 line versus which is with the 2-0 line, which one is facing the 1 defense versus the 2 defense, what if Arch Manning looks pretty good but Ewers is the guy, what if they go to Alabama and they get beat and Ewers doesn't look great and fans start talking about they want Arch Manning and Manning's got four games he could play and still have the red shirt, is that what you want? Are you ready for it? Because apparently there is an open competition. I have been asking this question for months now because I've been really uncomfortable. Every time we ask an insider and they say, oh, no, the plan is he's going to redshirt. He's good with it. Cooper's good with it. Everybody's fine with this. This is the plan. This is what they want to do. Fans should not freak out. I always put it in the back of my mind and go, okay, well, I'll re-ask later. But that sounds weird. Until Sark says he is redshirting. To me, that's not done. And you know, going into it, somebody probably needs to ask him along the way. Are you planning to redshirt Arch Manning? And if he says no right then, game on. And we're just going to have to deal with the conversation that comes. And not only the conversation that comes, but it will have hopefully not all of the feelings of Applewhite and Sims, but it will at least have one key ingredient that that one had. The son of a legendary quarterback with a name coming in and he's a badass, highly graded guy, and it's just going to be hard to keep him off the field if he indeed wants to be on the field. Yeah. So that I just think Texas fans need to prepare for. I mean, we saw this past year with the Big 12 champs, Kansas State, Will Howard and 
a a what Martinez, both of them going in and out the lineup. Mm-hmm. But this ain't Kansas State. Nope. Not even close. And it's not those two guys either. Those two guys don't have that name. Damn right. Right? They're not even close. I'm sorry. That's it's, not Manning. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. So what uh, Klein had going down in Manhattan, that was, um, I want to say easy to deal with, but I know he got way more sleep than Steve Sarkeesian probably going to get <sighs> dealing with this. Yeah. It's going to be, it'll be interesting to see how all of and, that plays out. And man. that's frustrating though, Chad. I mean... I'm going to keep saying it so y'all know mm-hmm. we we need the best player to go out there and play. Yeah. That's what it's all about. We need that. Yeah. Because we know during that Sims Applewhite era, you sometimes didn't know who the best quarterback if the best quarterback was going out there was really playing. Yeah, and that that does speak to it cuz in that one you felt like the politics were playing it yeah. the other way. But in this case, you also don't want the politics if you're a Texas fan, you also don't want the politics to be Arch and his folks deciding he's going to just sit it out if they indeed need a better quarterback option. Yeah. You probably don't want that either. So maybe in the end, you do want whatever is best. Who is the best guy to snap the ball to? But apparently that, uh, at least as of yesterday, he's saying it's open. Now, it could also be that he is saying, hey, all positions are open and it's the first day of practice. Yeah. And that could all change. I understand that. And somebody's already texting, you guys are reading way too much into this. That's what spring football is all about. Sorry. Yeah. Reading way too much into stuff. You are you are correct. We may very well be doing that. I, also, though, Chad, Sark does need to light a fire under Quinn Ewers. Like, you ain't safe, dog. You need to go into this mm. a little yeah. bit with, with a little bit of pressure. You know what I'm saying? Because I was around with Jalen Hurts. And look at the guy who he look at the guy he is now in the National Football League playing for the Philadelphia Eagles going to the Super Bowl. He got benched in the national championship game, lost his spot the next season, came in in one of those what, what SEC championship games and won it for him because Tua got hurt, but was still locked in. So in a way, Steve Sarkeesian could just say, yo, I really don't give a damn about your feelings, Quinn. My job's on the line. We went five and seven my first year here, mm-hmm. eight and five my next uh, next year, and around here that ain't good enough. So my job's on the line. I can't care about your feelings. Yeah, the yeah the fresh fade's cool. I appreciate that. It means you getting serious, but we need more of that. So by Steve Sarkeesian not saying Quinn Ewers is the ultimate QB one, in a way I do like that for Quinn. I don't like that for the team. But for Quinn and, you know, to get his competitiveness, to get that out of him, like, and go into this spring, like, yo, I don't give a damn what your last name is or who you are, number one recruit. I was that guy, too. I left high school and made over a million dollars. I'm that dude also. Show that. Show that. You know what I'm saying? And I I think that's what Sark's trying to get out of it, you know? So I'm with it like that. But when you got 10 returning Starters offensively, you want everything to be locked in. Like, there's too much talent around to be having these question marks also. 
That's fair. Uh, the Texas football underway in the spring. If you have thoughts on it, Specs text line 337-3776. And somebody texting us in uh, that it's going to be all right. It's going to be yours. He says, listen to Jeff Howe. There's no controversy except what is being dreamed up by the national media, not the guys who cover the team. I think you're ultimately right there. I think the people who are covering the team believe that everything has kind of been set out. We'll see if that is the case. We'll continue to talk about Sark's comments. There's one other element I definitely want to make sure I get out there to you Longhorn fans today because I thought Sark at the very end said something telling about the way he'll look at uh, the offensive side of the ball. We'll get into that. Also, it is franchise tag day in the NFL. We'll tell you who's been tagged, who could be tagged, how it all works. Plus, should offensive linemen be running at the combine? A couple of them right now would tell you that's a no. Plus, a little John Morant conversation in the crap bag and at 105, we're going to talk to Joe DeLeon, a national draft analyst and host of the first team on Stadium TV. We'll get his thoughts on the Longhorns in the Combine, what they saw in Indianapolis, and get some of his thoughts on how the draft could play out. That's coming up at 105. So stick with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. All right, getting started on a Tuesday. As usual, I screwed something up. We'll fix that part. But first, hmm, new or old? I have no idea. Dave in the cave, when we went to break, uh-huh. walked in here, handed me a sheet and said, play this okay. today. That's my guy. So I said, all right, I'm playing it. He didn't miss. This he, is a jam. He did not. It's really good. All right, tell me who it is. Aaron Frazier, Bad News. Aaron Frazier. All right. That's very good. That's a great voice. Great voice, great groove. Thank you, Dave. Dave's a music snob, too. Yeah. He's a music snob. Sometimes you don't know you've met a music snob, but then there'll be one key moment, and you're like, oh, okay. All right. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of us. He's one of us. Uh, shout out to all you music snobs and shout out to Aaron Frazier. Great tune there. Got to look into uh, Mr. Frazier. Not familiar with uh, with him. All right. Uh, my screw up. I am so sorry about this, Texas fans. If y'all know me, you know I would not give Texas Tech credit they do not deserve. Oh, Chance Mock, if you're out there listening, dude, that's my bad. Oh, three. Obviously, you guys beat Tech in that game. I said B.J. Simmons won that thing. I'm nuts. I sat there and watched the game. I know that Chance Mock brought Texas back, and they won the game, and I couldn't believe it. Oh, that was the Vince Young bench game. Yeah, 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 and I couldn't believe Mike Leach had allowed that thing to happen and the the fourth and whatever he went for. That is my bad. Yes, Texas won that game, but after the game with a performance like that from B.J. Simmons where they scored 40 points, we find out he has the ACL, and you're like, oh, my God. He did all that with an ACL? Yeah, son of a so, beast tough. That was the point I was trying to make, but thank you, Texas fans, for trying to uh, for c- correcting me there. Somebody texted, quit trying to start a quarterback controversy. There's other things to talk about. It's fair. You're absolutely right. Not trying to start anything. Just making sure you're ready for it, just in case it is uh, you know, is necessary <laughs> you later how, on. You see how much people don't want it? I know. I understand that. I'm just trying to pre- – my job is to sometimes prep. I'll prep you from the outside of it just to get you ready, and then hopefully it does not happen. Hopefully everything we've heard is correct, 
and it's going to be smooth sailing for Quinn Ewers, and Arch Manning is good with a red shirt. But that's not what's actually been said yet. So just trying to make sure we're, we're clear on everything. Well, yeah, that- hope maybe Arch says, you know what, Coach, I've always envisioned myself being an SEC quarterback only. Ooh. Just yeah. like my folks. And then Sark says, all right, cool. Just like Grandpa yeah. and Dad and Uncle. Yeah, Grandpa, yeah. who I was named after. There you go. No problem. There it is. No problem. Uh, by the way, if you don't know, Arch Manning is rocking number 16 for Texas. We'll get into some more of those jersey numbers in our flex segment today. because you got Peyton College number, ain't it? Uh-huh, that is. That's the Peyton. That's right. That's Uncle Peyton. Uncle Peyton. That's Uncle Peyton's college number at Tennessee. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, in the flex segment at 130, we'll roll over some of the freshman jersey numbers and jersey changes. There's a couple of uh, jersey number changes you'll want to take note of if you are a Longhorn fan. Uh, coming up at 105, more NFL draft talk with Joe DeLeon, draft analyst uh, and a host of the first team on Stadium TV. We're going to get his thoughts on the draft and uh, you know coming off the combine and everything at 105. I'll uh, try to get you a little update on this John Morant story. Zay and I will discuss it at 1245. Just a crazy story going on in the NBA right now. What else is new? I know. But even for the NBA, that's a pretty wild story. Uh, but also, today is NFL franchise tag day so by i think it's three o'clock our time somewhere around that time towards the end of our show is when the deadline actually occurs and you can tag a player if you're going to tag a player so if y'all don't know how this works the simple version is you don't have to use it you don't teams don't have to put a franchise tag on somebody there's different types of tags you can put on a player and you can only choose one so the cowboys have put the tag on tony pollard if in the middle of June they reach a long-term deal with Tony Pollard, that's great for Tony Pollard. He will not play on the franchise tag, but nobody else gets it. You don't get to tag a player and then move it around. That's not how it works. So you get the opportunity one time. And then there's the exclusive tag and the non-exclusive tag. And that basically says if you're the exclusive tag, we're going to tag you. You're going to get the average of, your, of the top five at your position and only we can talk to you. That's exclusive. The non-exclusive is the interesting one, and this is the one that Baltimore may be about to throw at Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Now check out this. This is how the game works there. Non-exclusive says you're, we're, we'll tag you. You're going to get the average of top five. You can talk to whoever you want. Talk to any other team you want, but we get to match any offer. And if you end up with them... We get two first-round picks. That's how the non-exclusive tag works. And that's what the Ravens, the reports are, that may be, Zay, where they go on Lamar Jackson. Which, think about it, that's an extra, it's a weird extra kind of message they'd be sending to Lamar Jackson there. Because to me, the non-exclusive is you're willing to lose the player. You are willing to have him go on some level. But you're going to get those first-round picks back. So that's the basics of kind of how this franchise tag thing works. Tony Pollard for the Cowboys. Uh, Josh Jacobs for the Raiders have already been tagged. Washington tagged Deron Payne, the big D tackle. Jacksonville has tagged Evan Ingram, the tight end. He's going to make a little over 11 mil if he plays on the tag. Damn. And, again, this gives you that right to say from now until, I think it's July 15th, we can still talk to you about a long-term deal. But we're locking you in in some way from now until then. And it lets other teams know exactly. Either lets other teams know you can't talk to him 
or it lets them know you can talk to them all you want, make any offer you want, but we get to match the offer if we choose, or if you sign him and we let him go, you got to give us two first-round picks. So it's a big deal. Yeah, definitely a big deal. If you're Lamar Jackson with the Baltimore Ravens, that's become such a toxic situation. You have their GM at the Combine basically because one of the wide receivers bashed the front office on Twitter saying, yeah, y'all keep giving Lamar Jackson crap. Well, maybe if y'all put some depth around him and some guys he could work with, then it wouldn't be this hard to re-sign him and he, would, he might want to come back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love me some Devin DuVernay, but Devin DuVernay is limited. He is. It's just that's what it is. If that's your number one, that ain't good. It's not. Yeah, because they had – that was – and who, who was it that cracked on the GM again? Oh, it was gosh, one of their – I forgot his name. But it was one of their guys. It was one of their guys. Yeah, yeah, one of their guys. It was one of their guys. And the yeah, GM yeah. was like, look, we just haven't done well in the draft. We want one of these, you know – Big time Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, you know, Stefan Diggs type guys, but it hasn't been our luck. Mm-hmm. And Lamar Jackson, he's won MVP with who's like right. who is that he's yeah. throwing to? Mark Andrews is nice and all, but there's a big difference between having the tight end and wide receivers that you could throw to now. Right. Because Kansas City's got both. Yeah, Kansas City's got both. Yeah. Say what you want about Juju and the crap that he be doing on social media trying to clown James Bradbury and the Eagles and stuff. He he played pretty well these last uh half of the season. So did Harmon, so did uh Valdez Scanley. Yeah. So, and plus, Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest of all time, too. That counts. That group had better production than the year before when they had Tyreek Hill. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes took less money. He was willing to say, you know mm-hmm. what? Tyreek Hill, you can leave because I want this paper, and I'm going to make some of these guys, some of these B guys good, and we don't need the A because I'm the A. I'm Patrick Mahomes. Lamar yeah. Jackson thinks he's on that level. I don't think he's quite on that level, but he's better than – Probably 28% of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, 28, I mean, 28 yeah. of the starting quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, to me, he's their guy. He's their guy. I, and w- the fact that Baltimore has gone two years and they can't work this out is amazing to me. Listen to these stats on Lamar that I saw. Ravens are 45 and 16 in his starts, he's had 61 of them. He, uh, they average 28 points a game when he's on the field and 20 when he's not. He's one of six players in NFL history to reach 100-plus passing touchdowns and 4,000-plus rushing yards in a career, and he was the fastest to reach that mark by 31 games. Come on, man. What are we doing? The Ravens are averaging 184.8 rushing yards per game with Jackson as a starter in his career, the most by any starting quarterback since the merger. Yeah. And they can't figure out if he's their guy. He fits your DNA. He fits how you think of the game. He fits that, we're going to run the ball. We're going to grind him down. We're going to play defense. And when we need to, we've got this kicker that can hit it from anywhere. And we're going to win dirty, and we're going to win grimy, and we're going to win 18-15 if we have to. To me, Lamar helps fit into that. You can, and you do need to put better receivers around him. Yes, I agree. Devin Duvernay can be one of them. He just can't be the first one you think of. Yeah. Devin, I love you. 
I love you to death. Oh, it was so cold here. He can't be the first guy, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the NFL, if the first guy I think of is – no, Devin Duvernay needs to be that badass, preferably a three. But even if he's that badass two option, make sure you have a badass number yeah, one. He could be your two with Mark Andrews being – as good as he is as a tight end, yes. but you do need that number one that guy. One. And, you know, Chad, when you see Patrick Mahomes do what he does and you see Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, he doesn't play, nor is he like those guys. That's what the Ravens are standing on. They're standing on, and they're probably telling him because he ain't got no agent. They're straight up telling him, like, look, man, right. with how you are injury-prone at this point, you're still really young, and you've been injured these last two seasons. Your statistics aren't the best in the playoffs. It's hard to throw you this money, man, yeah. Like especially this guarantee money. You're talking about Deshaun Watson numbers. Deshaun, I he ain't going to be running around like you are. He doesn't need to run around to be good like you do. And I think sometimes when you see Lamar Jackson struggle, it's like he tries to get out of that. He tries to prove or he wants to prove to you he's a pocket passer. Yeah, he tries to throw his way out of problems. He tries to throw his way out of problems instead of running, which I get why you don't want to run. You want to save yourself. You want to have as many years in the league as possible. And the more you run, that probably ain't going to happen. But yeah, that's that's why it's so toxic because I could see why both sides, what their points are. Like, I completely get what Lamar Jackson, what you just said. Like, yo, am I not a Baltimore Raven enough? Like, I look like one of these cats from The Wire. Come on now. Yeah. Like, come on now. Like, I'm I'm Baltimore as it gets. But they're like, yo, that style doesn't win championships anymore. That style for longevity, it doesn't last that much. Yeah. Look at Kyler Murray. Like, he's dealing with his situation there, and he's, you know – He's kind of a running type quarterback. Yeah, we'll see if they continue to stick with Lamar or not. So that's a big part of this afternoon. Do they put the tag on Lamar Jackson or does it go past today and then it's just about trying to get a deal done with Lamar Jackson? Because if you don't do that, then other things start to come into play. Uh, but the the tag deadline is later on this afternoon. So we'll continue to discuss that. Also, there is now a new discussion about not only – and we've talked about should the combine even happen, but now after this past weekend, there's a discussion about the offensive linemen because one offensive lineman uh, had a, there's an ACL coming out of the combine, and then what was the one from Oklahoma? What did he do? Yeah, he was just running the forty, and he has a grade two hamstring strain. He had the hammy, okay, and a hammy on the forty. Yeah, I mean that I, well, you run that many guys, it's going to happen. But the question is going to become: Do you really need offensive linemen showing up to run forty yards? I don't know. I'll admit, you know me, I'll watch it. I will watch it. I'll watch the freaks be freaky, but I also want to try to protect them if you can. So there's a lot of that discussion happening. I don't think you need it, but if you're an old line and you want to improve your stock, I think you want to show as athletic as you can right. to – Got to go to two teams, yeah. yeah. So you probably have to do it. It's kind of a the uh, price of doing business there for the uh, the guys. We'll see if any of the combine stuff changes moving forward. Speaking of the combine and the draft, Joe DeLeon, draft analyst, joins us at one oh five. But up next in the crap bag, John Morant and the investigation. I've got the schedule pulled out. We'll try to figure out exactly what might have been going on there with John Morant, the whole situation with the gun, and what happens now. How long might he be away from the Memphis Grizzlies? We'll talk about it on the horn.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chad and Zay. With a view to a kill. Oh, man. Nothing like a Bond song. When you get that, that, I don't know if it's, I guess it's now that it's kind of ending, not a big deal anymore, but when the artist finds out they're going to do a Bond song, that's got to be cool. So this would be Duran Duran with A View to a Kill. That's right. Title song for A View to a Kill, the James Bond movie. This would be your Roger Moore era James Bond in the 80s. Okay. Very, very 80s James Bond time. Duran Duran and Aaron Frazier getting us started today. Duran Duran is fantastic. I'm glad they're finally in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I'm really glad I went to see him live a couple years ago. It's not something I'd ever thought of doing. It was a really good show. Really good show. Duran Duran is just kind of part of my childhood. They're one of my pop bands that I was into. The girls love Duran Duran. And But, I mean, yeah, when I was like 8, 9, 10, 11, whatever it was, and all this stuff was hitting, yeah, I was all about Duran Duran. This is a weird Bond song, ain't it? It is a little bit. It's not as, yeah, it's, it's a little poppier yeah. than you'd go. It's not as sinister as some of the other Bond stuff. Yeah, Adele's Bond song. Oh, Yo. Woo, she that was, was incredible. Well, she was Skyfall, I think, right? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Skyfall. <laughs> that big, oh, my God. Yeah, you don't want to try to go head up with Adele on a James Bond tune. That's not going to be good. And look, there have been good ones and Paul McCartney and Live and Let Die, and there's a lot of good ones. Adele might have officially ended that discussion with that one. Yes. That was incredible. Speaking of Bond... On Xbox, they just put out 007 GoldenEye, uh-huh. arguably the greatest game ever created back in the 90s on Nintendo 64. Yes. Now you can replay it. I just got it. Man, talk about life-changing. Love it. Yes. Oh, it's incredible. That's great. The graphics are still horrible. <laughs> Everything that you expect to come from it is the exact same, which made it great. It's, it's one of the greatest games of all time. I love that game, GoldenEye. Some of it is so bad it's good. Yes. That's why Cocaine Bear was good. <laughs> Same thing. It was so awful, it was great. That's what it was. That, that you was, really are tempting me to go oh, to the theaters and see Cocaine Bear. Dude, please get a matinee price. Get a matinee <laughs> price, get a discount, get somebody to pay for it. I ended. Here's, here's why I was really excited going in. I'm like a Cinemark Club member. I have the little app on my phone, and each month I get a free ticket. And they accrue. They, they just collect up if you don't use them. I had three tickets available, so I pay. I, I had the three. So we went for free. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now I'll, you, you can talk about. Yes, I'm still paying for the membership and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But in my mind, once I know I'm going for free, now we're really, now we're really just on borrowed time. House money. Let's go. Yeah. Now you can splurge on. 
concession stuff. Exactly. Now I'm getting the bigger bag of Skittles. Yeah. And Cocaine Bear was, yeah, I was all about it. All about it. And that is my kind of horror movie. I don't want horror where people kill people. But animals kill people, I'm in. You can take any animal you want and have them attacking people. I'll go watch that. Or aliens or weird bugs or stuff like that because that I know ain't real. I just don't like the slasher stuff because it makes me think about the fact that it could actually happen. Yeah. That's what scares me about those. But a bear on cocaine when I know that's not what actually happened in the 80s, yeah, I was all about it. So you won't see the new Scream movie that's about to come out. Oh, no, indeed. My wife will be there this weekend. She's pumped. She's focused. She's a Scream fan? She loves that stuff. Loves it. She loves all Like Courtney Coxon? Scream? Oh, she yeah, loves yeah, that yeah. version too? She loves all of them. She's wow. seen all five. Arquette? She went and saw the fifth one in the theater. She'll see the sixth one in the theater. Oh, and, man. And if they make six more, she'll see all six of them in the theater. Guaranteed. She went and saw the new Halloween in the theater. Oh, she's in. Once she's in on your franchise, she'll go to the bitter end. She'll go part 12 if you make it. Did Jamie Lee's old ass finally kill Mike? Spoiler alert, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was too scared to look. Too scared to look. All right, let's get a quick crap bag in here and talk a little John Morant. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Yo, I know John Morant would have took care of Mike, that's for sure. Oh, my God. Brought to you by (laughs) AV Consultations. If he was holding the thing right. AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. So the Colorado police around Glendale, Colorado, are looking into this Ja Morant story. So, Zay, here's what I did. I looked at their schedule. They played at home on February the 28th, and they had this first game of the road trip March 1st. March 1st in Houston. That was a Wednesday. Then Friday was at Denver, and this all went down Friday night or Saturday because then they went Sunday at the Clippers. Okay. And I'm assuming they didn't go back to Memphis. Right? Everybody think geography lessons about where Memphis is, then you go to Houston, then you go to Denver, then you go to L.A. because they're playing the Lakers tonight, and they would have played the Clippers. So my question becomes, there's, there's two parts of this for me. One, if I'm the Grizzlies, i got to go to my guy and find out if he's okay. That's number one. Are you involved in something that makes you feel unsafe? Because when you're with us, we are always guarded in some way, by folks that have guns. You realize that, right, Ja? And we'll get guys with you. You want us to get you some guys that carry guns to go with you to the grocery store or go with you to wherever? Yeah, he was too happy and having too much fun in that video where he was waving the gun. So, Like, we can do those things. Like so, the safety thing? I don't think so. I, I would check just to make sure because he is my guy. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm Memphis, that's your guy. Where is he on your list of best players in the league? Uh. Top, Top 15. Top 15. Okay. Yeah. He's one of the best players in the league. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure he's okay. But then secondly, how does the law work if he took that gun with him when they boarded the plane to head to Houston? The NBA doesn't want you transporting a gun. And then it's like, what's the law on a private flight? They'd be taking a private plane, and you're flying from you're flying from Tennessee to Texas to Colorado to California. So now you've taken that gun across multiple state lines. You're transporting the gun across state lines. Does that factor into this discussion? And then does that mean John Morant has to sit out for a long, long time? Yeah, it says the CBA says if there is a firearm on the team premises, 
that's an automatic 50 game suspension. That's oh. why the league is trying. <laughs> God, 50? Yeah. 50. That's why they're trying to figure out where was the gun before the Instagram video. Oh, my God. So I thought that the homies brought the gun to the club and John was just waving the homies gun. I didn't know it was his heat. Now, do we know for sure that it's registered to him? That I, was, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that. That's a great point. I did think of that this morning. Is it possible that someone in Colorado brought their gun and he's holding up their gun? Right. If you could prove that, um, that gets that at least gets John Morant off on some of those questions. Yo, what's nuts? Then that, he didn't transport it, and then it wasn't on an NBA plane. What's also nuts, Chad, before that incident happened, when the video came out, Stephen Adams, the center, mm-hmm. had a team meeting to discuss just off-court discipline with the team. And basically letting everybody know, yo, guys, with the West and the whole NBA wide open, like Steph is still kind of getting back in the rhythm. The Warriors, they don't look really? like they're going to repeat. We're sitting at number two. We could do some special things. We should not have any distractions. And I think he was looking right at Ja when he was saying Without that. looking. Yeah. Looking without looking. <laughs> I'm not going to look, but I'm going to point my head over here. And then the video came out oh. of Ja waving the gun, kind of holding it to his head all awkwardly and stuff. Jeez. It's just weird, man. Like It is. I hope it, I hope it can work out for him. I'm not sure how it's going to work out for him. Again, first part, make sure the guy is – you want to make sure the guy is safe. Is there something going on here where if he, need, if he feels like he needs to be living in a gangster movie or a mafia movie, you need to find out why and then see what you can set up for him if he needs extra security. But then secondly, yeah, what are the particulars? Was this his gun? If this is a registered gun, Zay, that he walked on that plane in Memphis with, I don't know how he plays in the playoffs. That's what I'm trying to figure out. If he boarded the plane, and you're saying they have a rule written down yeah. that the moment he steps in, now you said that's the facility or it's anywhere. Any- this is the CBA. And that's in the team facility, though, right? You said it's a facility, not necessarily the plane or travel. Well, um, team premises, which that's the plane would be plane. team premises. Team, okay. Yes. So the moment he steps on that plane, it's 50 games. The moment he steps on that plane with a gun, and they could prove that he had it. Right. Because ultimately it ends up in collar. Oh, man. That's, yeah, that's bad. That is bad. Well, so keep- John Morant needs to drop these people that he's hanging around. Like, he got way more to lose than I do. You know how many people I've cut off, Chad? I'd be like Aaron Rodgers. I'll cut off a family member if you're wilding out too much. <laughs> She'll stop talking. I don't, yeah, I don't care. If you're going to jeopardize my life, right. hell no. Nah, life's too short for that. I agree. I got too much to live for, for somebody to come jeopardize it. I got, I've worked too hard to get where I'm at to have somebody come and jeopardize that. So if you are one of those guys, you cut off. Easy. Simple. Yeah. You think it would be simple. Even for the greatest players in the NBA, it may not be that simple. And that's another question. That And that's a tougher question to ask John Morant, honestly. It's tougher to ask that than it is to ask, are you safe? Because then you're really getting into the personal side of it and friendships and things like that. Because those guys are supposed to protect you. Those friends, they're supposed to make sure you don't do nothing wrong. Right. And if anything pops off, they make sure, hey, you have nothing to do with this. We'll handle it. If anything needs to be handled, go somewhere where this doesn't come back on you. That's what real friends do. Right, that's the other thing. If I'm one of those guys around John Morant, assuming they exist, I am immediately texting him, calling him when I see this video. Dude, what did we talk about? Uh I'll be that guy. Yeah. I'm that guy. You're John Morant. (laughs) Dude, what are you doing? Yeah, you remember how mad LeBron got when somebody called his group group a posse? 
his yes. crew of posse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, yo, Mav- Maverick Carter and Rich Paul are millionaires. Yeah. This ain't no posse, right. bro. Calm down. Calm yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, this might be a posse that John Morant has. <laughs> <laughs> This this is a posse. We're that not. He's got. We're, we're not saying that for sure, though. We're not saying we're, that for sure. We don't want to get ourselves in any kind of trouble <laughs> with the group. Whatever it is, man. I, I, yeah, I hope it can work out for him, but I'm not sure how it's going to. We'll keep our eyes on that story with Ja Morant. Crab bag every day at 12:45. Up next, we'll talk to Joe DeLeon, NFL draft analyst and host of the First Team on Stadium TV. What did he think of Bijan's performance? What does he think about the top of the draft? Cowboys at 26. Texans getting two picks in the first round. We'll try to hit it all on the horn.